Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Start and end your day with the good news. The good news with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Now, here's Angie Austin and friends with the good news. Oh, I'm so excited about today to have my friends back. You know, my life has been so chaotic this summer. And, you know, maybe you've gone through a lot this summer. I don't think that things were necessarily bad per se, but to the busy to the point where I literally didn't see some of my best friends all summer long and they're like messaging me like what's going on and we bought a house we sold a house I did a lot of the moving myself my husband's company went public so then then he had to leave because his cousin slash more like little brother uh, got cancer and so we had to leave a couple days before we closed and then I'm there with a trailer and my 11 year old thinking how do I finish this by myself I'm a lot stronger by the way than I thought I was and uh, and then we had to go back for his 38 year old cousin funeral and and the the kids are uh, six and nine and they're they're what I want to talk to you all about what happened that I was a little bit shocked by so um, uh, my homies are here Beatrice Bruno <laughs> the drill sergeant of life and Donna Hetzler both author, authors and speakers but my longtime friend Pam Randall is here and Pam and I met at the bunt shop that she opened in Castle Pines, Colorado, way back when I lived there. And so when my kids were just babies, and she and I have kept in touch from time to time, if I'm in her neck of the woods in Cherry Creek where she opened as well, uh, I go in there. Uh, is that what they call that neighborhood? Cherry Hills. Cherry Hills. Yeah, Cherry yeah, Hills it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Cherry Hills Marketplace. It's gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of people gorgeous. going. Yes, for fancy. Lots of good restaurants. Yes. Trader Joe's is there. So. Well, yeah. I've been your biggest fan, pretty much. Well, you must have loved it when Trader Joe's opened right down the street from you. We did. It, yeah, because yeah. I go to Trader Joe's and, and you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, cause you're, yeah, that's kind of like yeah, a double Yeah, we kind of go hand in hand. You exactly. go to Trader Joe's and you grab a Starbucks and you go to the bun shop. Yes. So, yeah. And Sorry, my son there. in June asked me for one of your cakes. So when you asked to come in, I'm like, this is the perfect opportunity because he wanted your cake. But my summer has been insane to get even over like half an hour away from me was like, you know, difficult but so neat because we bonded right away when we met I was your biggest fan your cakes are the best thing I've ever tasted in my entire life and um and I didn't know you were a Christian at the time and then over time figured out you were a Christian but we just we just bonded right away sisters in Christ yes sisters in Christ yay (laughs) okay so here's the thing that happened uh at the funeral so Sean firefighter 38 very loved Mm. I mean you couldn't find a person that didn't like him because he never said anything bad about anyone. He never had an ill word for anyone. And he had a great sense of humor. He'd always laugh at my jokes. I love people who laugh at my jokes. <laughs> That's you always know? a positive. Yeah. And I remember once, one of the last times I saw him, uh, his uh, wife and I uh, got along well, and she's real extroverted Italian and real over the top. And, you know, and uh, I, li- I just liked her. And she was going through something, and I said to him, you know, I'm praying for you guys, and I want you to know, because when you marry into families, it's bumpy sometimes, and I don't know that it was always easy for her. And I said to him, um, you know, I'm praying for her, I'm praying for you guys, um, and this is before he got sick again. And he looked me right dead in the eye, and he said, I always know that, you, that you're praying for us and that you're like on our side that you've got us yes. and that meant so much to me because right. he got it that I was there for him and his wife 
in a different way, like that I, there was no bias. They weren't coming into my family, that I unconditionally loved them. And she also is a person of faith, and he is too. And so that also was a nice bonding thing that we had. So every, every holiday, you know, was all together you know those those nine little cousins and then uh, the, the the two sisters so mark's mom and his sister lost their dad in the line of duty as a police officer way back in the day um in the 50s i believe it was um when they were um nine and uh and six and now the girls the granddaughters have lost their father who was a firefighter nine and six mm -hmm. and here's the thing that really blew me away it was complicated at the last minute to buy these five tickets and make all these arrangements and get the rental car and get a hotel. And as I was doing it, my husband said something, and then I'm like, well, do you want to go alone? And our motto is we always go as a family, that we're a family, that we're not going to get split up during these things, that we're there to comfort as a family, we're there to grieve as a family. So my son ended up being so uh, comforting to Sean's mom. We call her Uncle Nor because when Riley was a baby, he didn't know it was Aunt Lenore. So she's always been Uncle Nor. She signs her cards, Uncle Nor. That's you know? too much. And so Uncle oh Nor said, That's Riley, awesome. he, and I, I would see him walk over to her. She'd go up to the casket. He'd go up to the casket, kneel, and put his arm around her and say, I love you, Uncle Nor. And he was like just there for her. So she said to um, the grandparents and, and us, he, she said, can I tell you guys how Riley's been there for me at like every turn when I needed a hug or when I needed, and you know, he's just going into sixth grade. He's still a little kid. And Hope's always had that ability to, if someone's crying, she comes right up to them and she's not intimidated by their grief. Mm -hmm. So I was a little taken aback that he was so good at that. And he was really good with the, the daughters, you know, his cousins saying, you know, I'm here for you if you want to talk. And I know you're sad about your dad. And Taylor said, you know, dad was my best friend. Taylor's uh, going to turn 10 in the fall. My daddy's my best friend. And... Um, we're going to get through this um, uh, together because that's what daddy would have wanted. That's what daddy oh, wanted us wow. to do. Oh, wow. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Wow. I know. It was tough. That's awesome. But, you know, that's when you see kids um, coming to themselves yeah. in, in situations like that. And they need to see how we do it, how we they grieve. They do. Mm -hmm. They do. And, you know, a lot of families, I, I remember as a child, you couldn't even go into the hospital when somebody was passing away. Because you had to be 12 and older. Really? So you couldn't say yes. goodbye? Yes. When my granddaddy oh, passed away. And I, I, I'm i telling you, it affected him. me. It I did. It changed your life. Yes. It you really wanted, did. you wanted God to take her, yeah. grandmother. Yes, I did. Because she was so mean to you. Yes. Yes. And so when he was passing away, I remember Mama saying to me, um, he's not going to make it. And I'm like, he's oh. not going to make what? Oh. You know? And she said, he, he's going to die. What oh. you mean he's going to die? I want to see him. No, you're too young to go see him. Oh. And that broke my heart because yes. I would never see this man that loved me. I mean, he taught me to drive when I was nine years old. Oh. Okay. Oh he was, gosh. I was 13 when he passed away. But he was your favorite and you were his favorite. Yes, absolutely. And so when a child sees us going through that yeah. in, in times of grief. Yeah. That's Being there when for they each start, other. Yes. They pick up stuff. Because a lot us. of people avoid grief. Yes. I mean, I, before my brother was murdered, I didn't know what to say to people or how to approach them. And it was more avoidance because I couldn't understand their pain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. So we have to we have to um, hone those little minds because when they see us go through, then they can help somebody else and they can help themselves as well. So I, I'm glad that Riley was able to help Uncle Nor. Yeah, Uncle, Uncle Nor. That, that's <laughs> yeah. just that's awesome because he, she needed that. Yeah. But he needed that as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. That's just good. How tender hearted they are. Your grandma, uh, Grandma Pam. 
It's hard to believe I am. she's a grandma. Yeah. Six. Do you see your kids already be six now? We have six, yep. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> wow. Nine down to age four months. And so wow. do you see a lot of um, ability to empathize in them and that ability? I think Christian kids, too, do get it a little bit. I really do. I think that they have a sense of that Jesus is forgiving, Jesus is comforting, and that they, they come by that maybe a little easier than kids. Right. That, you know, aren't yeah, there. kids are definitely very forgiving. And, um, you know, just the example that you guys set with um, your family joining together in those moments and having that motto, you know, the family, we do this together, we right. grieve together, it's the good and the bad. Right. So you guys have set that foundation for them to, um, you know, begin growing in that area themselves. So it meant a lot to me, too, is... Um, Chrissy, who's that wife, she's just, you know, 37, and her mom's in her 50s, and her grandmother is in her 70s, and so we went, the great-grandparents is what they are to the little kids, they were at the carnival, and we said, oh, well, we'll meet the kids, too, it might be a good distraction for, and, my, and our kids wanted to go, and the great-grandmother uh, of the little girls said, uh, I just, uh, you know, Chris, I'm so glad I finally, you know, got to meet you, Chrissy said how, how, you know, good you've been to her. And her mom said the same thing. And it kind of took me aback that Chrissy in her time of grief had expressed to her own family, her blood family, that me, the outside cousin, had been there for her. And we're, you know, we'd share Christian songs that might be comforting or thoughts about Sean. And, you know, um, I just was surprised. It made me feel good that it made her feel good. Right. Enough so that she told yeah. them. I was a little taken aback that they knew exactly who I was to her mm -hmm. and that I'd been there for her. And I'm across the country. It just shows that if you care, you can reach out to somebody. And we're all busy and just make the time to take that call or do something special or send something, you know, yes. special or a video you think might be helpful to them. You know, it does matter to them. Or it even does. just a text, you know, I'm yeah. thinking of you yeah. makes such a difference. And the Jericho girls, we, um, there's three of us that text weekly. Oh, so neat. one's on Monday, I'm on Wednesday, the other one's on Friday, and it's always something inspirational. And then we end with, how can I pray for you today? Aww. And we know when we see that, that that's our signal to pray right then and there because we are busy you know if you think oh, i'll pray about it later michelle calls them popcorn prayers michelle yes Ron. yes yeah, that's she's right like, i saw something going on there i threw up a popcorn prayer throw those popcorn prayers out there people love them <laughs> the lord is listening i threw the popcorn prayers everyone loves popcorn she's so funny <laughs> she that's is. what she does it's like you stop what you're doing and, and just do your say popcorn it prayer. yes yeah. yes yeah yeah let's um we've got a good news story and i want to do that but i want to touch on your blog um we're all businesswomen. Pam Randall um, is new to our group, and uh, hopefully she'll be coming back to do some more good news with us. And I met her through her uh, business, The Bunt Shop, that she started with, uh, at the time, a, a relative. And then uh, Beatrice is an author-speaker, traveling a ton now. And Donna, author-speaker, she's a nonprofit, The Jericho Girls, to build women up and bring them together in Christ, and also real estate agent. So um, in, in what you do, you have a license plate, Donna, that yes. has your name. Well... The name of your nonprofit. Yes, yes, Jericho, it says on there. And then the, the frame says Jericho Girls. And I get a lot of comments about it. Uh, last year I was at a Christian conference and one of the ladies uh, came up to me and she said, strangest thing, I was praying about starting a Jericho Girls because I really believe in connecting women and what you're doing and what have you. And she, I was arguing with God about it. And she said, then I saw your license plate and it was like, okay, Whoa. Lord, I'm going to do the Jericho <laughs> Girls. And same thing um, this week, I was in um, the grocery store and the stranger comes up to me, we're passing in the aisle and she says has anybody just come up to you out of the blue and um 
ask you about Jericho Girls because I was following you. I saw your license plate, and then I had to stop, Google what Jericho Girls is, and I think that's really cool. So I was telling my son, I've got to talk to her in the grocery store, and she had a 15-year-old son, and her son's like, Mom, please don't talk to her. I will be so embarrassed. Oh, how funny. Yes. That he tried to talk her out of it. Yes, oh, he's yeah, trying to teenagers talk. hate that. <laughs> I know. So I said, where's your son? I'm going to go tell him how cool you are. And so we, we just got to talking, and it was just great that she was really moved by what we do with Jericho Girls and connecting women and just building one another up. And Beatrice and I have been talking about how we are meant to unify one another and to um, fortify and to do life together, to encourage one another with our businesses. You know, we, we get in this idea, this wrong mindset that God has a limited set hmm of blessings or blessing pie for us. And so we fight or squabble over those pieces. But you see, God's in the pie making business. He, he does bunt cakes too. He does <laughs> cakes. And he just makes more, you know, there's not a limited supply of what we can do for him or jobs that are available or ministries that we can do. He just makes more. And so that's what Jericho Girls is all about. But it was really neat to get encouraged by a lady who just saw my license plate. That and, is really uh, cool. She really encouraged me. All right. Well, you know, a lot of us uh, are busy moms and grandmas. Beatrice, you've got four kids. Uh, uh, Pam, you have how many kids? Three kids. Three kids and the six grandkids now. Mm -hmm. I've got the three kids. And I have to tell you, Donna, I saw the funniest thing the other day, and it was husky mom do you have that oh shirt? yes okay because you know my and daughter the wait okay because my <laughs> don't my, judge me you know when, when people talk about kids she's really a dog lover you okay. know and they're her babies and so anyway my 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 daughter wants a husky so badly it's ridiculous we've still got to do, get together with the yes, dogs you've got to bring and her so over. she's trying to get a husky backpack and i came across the husky mom shirt i'm like oh my gosh there's so many things for donna in here you know <laughs> so tiny. suffice it to say uh that uh um, being a mom uh, in whatever form it takes is uh, can be stressful, uh, especially as we're, you know, I have to be honest with you, it's stressful in the summer. My mom, you know, is gone now, which I don't know if that's, I mean, she did help with the cooking, but look, it's a little more peaceful around the house, but I've had a lot more errands to run, uh, laundry to do, dishes to do, things like that. Right. Um, and so with the kids home and my two jobs, uh, it's been pretty crazy this summer. And uh, this mom blows us all out of the water. Hmm. Uh, she's from Greeley, Colorado, a uh, uh, beautiful town right up the uh, highway up northeastern Colorado. And not only is she, uh, has she battled an illness, which while she was in rehab, the woman, when you hear what they said to her, how she wouldn't be able to take care of her kids again, it'll shock you. Because mm -hmm. she fought back from this aneurysm and paralysis, mother of six, even went through a divorce during this time Ooh. and became a single mom. And she is basically an everyday hero. Wow. Exteriors have never been so <laughs> concealing. We get a lot of kids in the neighborhood. For Jennifer Flores portrays an image of confidence to her six kids. It, it gets exhausting, crazy. It's a blessing, it really is. They keep me going. When the true nature of that confidence is only found. Come on, you wanna come inside? Once you go inside. This is actually a really sad picture. It was me trying to feed myself for the first time right after I woke up. This was Jennifer two years ago, minutes after waking up from a drug-induced coma's doctors put her in when one of five aneurysms ruptured in her brain. It's heartbreaking.
If the condition didn't kill her, she thought the vulnerability would. I started crying and I says, I want to go home to my kids. I just want to go home and see my kids. The therapist looked at me and said, honey, I don't think you're ever going to be able to go home and take care of your kids on your own again. An emotional death sentence for a woman who would endure more surgeries, doctor visits, and a divorce in the next year. It's been tough. Down, highs, lows, it's been tough. Until Jennifer, bruised both inside and out, looked into the eyes of her kids. They, they need mom. And said no more. The best thing I can show my kids right now is it can be done. I fought my way back up from the bottom. I had a stroke. I was paralyzed. Went through a divorce. Became a single mom of six kids. The most amazing thing is you can show your kids is look, you keep fighting for what you want, you can get it. Typically, it's kids that look to their mothers for assurance. It's the best thing you can do as a mom. In this family, that notion goes both ways. They're my everything. Okay, so I love my doctor friends, but we've got to give patients some hope, a little okay. bit of hope. You know, I mean, we got to state the facts of here's I the was reality. Taken aback. Yes, here's the reality of your condition, but it has been done. My cousin Sally, she was told um, when she was pregnant that her child would not make it and she should terminate. And she said, I'm going to take what the Lord gives me. So then when her child was born, um, they said he wasn't going to live past the age of 10. He just celebrated his 24th birthday. Amen. And she says, you know what? I love my doctor oh. friends, but they're just practicing That's medicine. Right. Right. Our ultimate physician knows, you know, okay. our days and time and what have you. So it's nice to see that Jennifer got up and she did something about it. She pushed, she pressed, and, and she came back, which is Amen. nice. Amen. She had to show that strength because, yes. you know, her kids are looking at her mm -hmm. like, okay, if, if, what is mommy going to do? What would mommy do in this situation? That's right. And that's what our kids do. Our kids look at us and she had to show that supernatural strength mm -hmm. that God had placed inside of her so that she could move forward and show her kids. No, death is not a part of the equation for that's us right. today. Okay, yep. I'm getting up out of this bed, baby. I'm coming home and your mama is going to be there for you. And see, that's what we that's what we were talking about earlier. Angie, we were talking about how we're portrayed as weak women. Okay, but the fact of the matter is we are so much stronger that you just said it doing the things that you had to do with with Mark's cousin, his little brother. You had to show a strength. Okay, that you may not have wanted to show. We all as women have to show that strength because there's people watching us that will get encouragement just from us being the strength, the strong people that we're supposed to be. And you know, we're there to serve others. Like if you're yes. there and you can help in any way, if you can watch the kids or take them outside mm -hmm. or, you know, do whatever you need to do, that's what we're there to do to serve them. And I was fine until I was sitting, uh, you know, all these fire chiefs and fire battalion, this guy and that guy were coming up to Christy and, Christy and bringing her various things. And I was standing right next to her, next to the grave and the coffin was above the hole with no skirt and the kids one of them in particular oh. flipped out when she saw the hole in the oh, ground yeah, yeah, and right. the coffin above right. it yeah. the and the kids are it. as young as four so they're four to in the family they're four to a 12 and uh i i was fine until the bagpipe started playing amazing grace mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. chrissy started sobbing and her body was shaking mm -hmm. and i was like okay i cannot that's when i just it was i i, I couldn't hold it together anymore yeah. i lost it when you sent us the call the final call final oh. call you know when you text us that uh -huh. i was yeah. just bawling oh, yes. and, well you could tell that oh. firefighters her voice was cracking oh, yes yeah. when she did the final call mm -hmm. for him yeah and the tone out you know yeah. that the call was over yes. yeah 
Well, Pam, you are a blessing to me. I want people to know how to find you and the Bunt Shop, a Christian business owner, a wonderful uh, lady and friend. Uh, you've always been supportive of me in the show. My very first meeting where I tried to get sponsors, she brought cakes for everyone. Oh, wow. Yeah, nice. she did. And she's and, got pretty boxes yeah, right here, yeah, sitting here. Yeah, I'm like, I know. This drooling. one's for my son. But, uh, <laughs> oh, next time you come in, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save some of these for you. Okay, so good. the next show, we'll try them. All so right. See how, why I say they're the best ever. <laughs> how can they find you, Pam? We are in Castle Pines at Castle Pines Parkway and I-25, just a couple minutes off the highway. And then we are in Highlands Ranch. It's our newest location in the town center. And then in Greenwood Village at University and Orchard. Oh, you got another one there. Three locations. The Bunt Shop. And I'm telling you guys, it's better than any. You'll see tomorrow. Yeah, I'll bring, I'll bring some back. They, it's the best cake I've ever had. Donna, your Jericho Girls website? JerichoGirls.org. Beatrice? DrillSergeantOfLife.com. Thanks, guys. We'll be right back. Good news of Jesus for you in high definition radio and streaming at 670kltt.com. This is KLTT Commerce City, Denver. Hey, it's Angie. All right, a great, beautiful fall getaway. The elk, the colors, parties, kids' activities, and it's reasonably priced where. YMCA, the Rockies, uh, Snow Mountain Ranch, and also the Estes Park location. Uh, they've got some fall activities going on. There's going to be a Halloween party on October 28th if you want to plan ahead. It's reasonable. Some of my kids' favorites, there is the zip lining. There is the craft shop. They love the roller skating. There is rock climbing, uh, putt-putt, uh, tennis. Uh, we spent our family reunion up there this summer, and it was mind-blowingly fun. And again, it's reasonable. That's why we go several times a year. YMCAtherockies.org. Sometimes my kids even cry when we leave because they're like, we're leaving our place. I'm like, it's our place still. We'll be back. We'll be back. YMCAtherockies.org. You won't regret it. It's great to see the elk this time of year. So cool. Hi, it's Angie. Hey, do you have a lot of things around your house you want to get rid of? My husband wants me to get rid of anything and everything that is in his way. 303-238-JANE. I love ARC. They help people in our community. Every dollar you spend helps and everything you donate helps. 303-238-JANE. They bring a truck right to my house. I actually have them come every month or two and it is so helpful to get that place cleaned out because you know what? My husband's a lot nicer to me when I donate things and who better to donate to than ARC? 303-238-JANE and arcthrift.org for a location near you if you just want to drop a few things off and do a little shopping. arcthrift.org, shopping with a purpose. I love Arc. Welcome back to the good news. Well, the good news isn't always pretty, but stories of hope and survival and healing, that's what, you know, the, the show is about. And I think some of the transformations that take place, you know, uh, at the side of Jesus are really beautiful stories to share. Um, I often have friends with me here in the studio, and we pretty much call it the good news, Angie Austin and friends now, because I have so many of my Christian friends join me. Beatrice uh, Bruno, the drill sergeant of life, is here. Donna Hetzler is here. And also Pam Randall, uh, Christian friends, authors, speakers, business people. And Andy Berger is joining us. And Andy, your story is one of hope. And so why don't we start by you kind of give us a synopsis of who you are, what you stand for. I know you've written a book that you're shopping around right now and that you work with at, with at-risk teens. So uh, give us a little, you know, uh, kind of synopsis of, of you, of Andy. 
<laughs> I would love to, Angie. Thank you. Well, God interceded in my life at a very early age. Uh, they wouldn't have called it trafficking back then, but basically from the time I was six months old to the time I was 17, uh, I was severely abused, violated by all immediate family members and extended family members. And at the age of five, I thought it would be best if I took my own life because being six feet under would be better than continuing to live where I lived. And my birth mother made it very clear that my days were numbered anyway. But God met me where I was at, Angie, and he did not let that happen. And though it was a very rough road, ending at 17 when my birth mother tried again to kill me, uh, he, he rescued me. And I promised him I would do whatever he called me to do. Now, it was, of course, many years later. And when I married my husband, Ed, we both had a desire to help teens on the streets in our area in particular. Central Oregon's high desert spread out, and we noticed that there just wasn't really any place for these kids to go to. And we could feed them, but then what happens? And we could give them clothing, but then what happens? So we created Beulah's Place as a temporary shelter to give them the essential things they need. They have to commit to a contract that says they'll finish high school and get a job. And we help them through that transition from young adulthood into successful living in about a three- to four-month process. Wow. And we are so excited. Yes, we are excited that our kids, we have five in college, a dean student, they're all working and they are amazing young people, Angie. If you met them, you would never know who slept in a tree or who was tossed out of a car or any of those things. You know, it's amazing to me how, um, you know, people who come from broken backgrounds, and one of the reasons I wanted Beatrice to be here uh, is because she had a really difficult childhood. I did, too, probably differently than both of you, uh, but a lot of trauma around me and drug use around me and, uh, you know, a brother murdered and a lot of things that, uh, I felt God protected me from, but then for me to be the mother I am today and have kids who are growing up with, you know, no trauma, no cursing, no alcoholism, no drugs in the house, no thrown plates in the house, nobody punched in the house, like, it's like a totally yeah. different world. And I, I, that's the thing that I think is so amazing is that uh, Jesus can heal you to the point where your home can, can be the antithesis of the home that you were born in. Absolutely, absolutely, and that's one of the things I try to do when I travel around the country speaking to hopefully create greater awareness of our, not just child trafficking issues, but the devastating cost to our country, to our country's future as a result of the unchecked abuse and exploitation that goes on of our kids. And then they're going to replicate where they came from without intercession, or they're going to be lost or we can do something, you know, like we do in the field, and go get these beautiful, peculiar treasures out of the pits, like apparently all of us have been in, and help them rise up to the future and the hope that God has promised. You know, I love, um, as I'm reading, and I'll let the ladies join in if they have questions, that um, your background so different, it sounds like, from your husband, Ed's, because his mom, Beulah, I understand, is who you named the, uh, the home after. And I love it that um, yes. it says here that if she had one potato, she fed the whole neighborhood. She taught Sunday school for, four, <laughs> for 43 years, and that she gave a love that you want these kids, these homeless teens and these trafficked teens, that they deserve to feel that kind of love, too. Absolutely. I didn't actually feel 
the presence of a mother's love till I was in my 30s when I was at a chapel service, and the speaker was one of those who spoke right to my heart, and it was the beginning of a lot of healing in my life. And then I was actually adopted as an adult about 20 years ago, and that is who I call mom, my adoptive mom. And she said, you know, honey, in her little Texas draw, we don't have much money, but we have a lot of love. (laughs) And she loved me and just passed uh, last week, actually, into heaven. And so um, it was amazing because she wanted me to be able to bring my husband home to a family. And we do have different backgrounds, but he is the most amazing human I ever have met. And God, you know, allowed us to be together to do these things together. And so... Um, yes, knowing a mother's love is what we try. We try to be Jesus to these kids. We love without judgment first. Then we figure out the need, and then we create a plan. And we're all adopted, Angie, so it makes sense, right? Well, I love it that you, you know, try to love them like Jesus, and that because you didn't experience that, you want these kids to experience that. I think of my friend Beatrice, um, and she said to me once, I wonder where I'd be now in life if I had a Beatrice to mentor me when I was a kid because she mentors kids now. You two would be two peas in a pot. Yeah, we would. And and Andy, Andy, first of all, I'd I'd like to say just thank you for your testimony. I mean, it's it's such a a heart-rendering testimony. But I just saw a picture of you, and, girl, I got to tell you, you don't look like what you've been through. No, she doesn't. You do not look like what you've been (laughs) through. And thank you so much for what you're doing for these young people because that's needed. And you know, if not you, who? And so what you're doing is so critical. And you talk about the, the name of the place, Beulah. It, it, it's a, a, a figuratively of heaven, okay? But it also yeah. means married, okay? And so yes. you're married to Christ and you want these children to know a relationship with God so that they can not only get through what they've been through, but to go even further. And I, I just applaud you for that, girl. God bless you. Well, thank you, Beatrice. You too. We, we all have to do this together. It really does take all of us Amen. to make sure that even one who has lost has that opportunity. And many of our kids come to know the Lord, even though we're a public charity. Uh, all the volunteers are faith-based. Nobody gets paid. We're here because we have the passion of God mm-hmm. in our life, and we want to make sure if there's any chance, like you just said, that these kids get to know that somehow. Amen. I want to take one step back. So um, obviously your you know, childhood was, ho- was horrible and painful, uh, the sex abuse and you know, family not looking out for you and kind of passing you around uh, to the family. How did you get out? And you said God wouldn't let it happen, that even by the age of five, you would have rather been dead than continue to be abused the way you're being abused. How did um, you find Christ? How did you find hope? Well, that's a great, great story, I have to tell you, uh, because Somehow we were taking to church on occasion because my birth mother did go to church on occasion, which is also another confusing part of childhood, and a lot of our kids are confused about church and God because many of them have been hurt. But on one particular Sunday, I was very very small for my age. I was probably four or five, and the last time I remember going as a child, I saw this beautiful vision of this woman in the courtyard speaking to a gentleman who was taller. She had gorgeous blonde hair and big blue eyes, and she was just lit up and glowing. And I remember hearing her say that Jesus loved all the children, all his children, and that's why she was so happy. And in my little pea brain as a child, I was like, I want to be happy. I want 
to be loved like she's being loved because she was just so beautiful, like an angel. And really, when I looked up into the big sky, when I sat on the curb before I, I was trying to, you know, run out in front of a car to end my life, I looked up at the sky and somehow, Angie, God reached my heart and he said, this isn't the way, hmm. but I will take care of you. And so I made that promise as a five-year-old, not really knowing how much pain would be ahead, but I always trusted that there was a bigger God out there that was bigger than everything happening to me. So I decided if I lived, I won, and if I died, then they won. So it's kind of primal in a way. Yeah. But at that age, it's simplistic in, you know, black and white, you know, die or stay alive. Yeah. Um, you win, they win, and then obviously you and Jesus won, and you went on to help other kids who were uh, feeling the same desperation you felt. And then at what age did you leave, and did you have siblings who were also abused with you, and where are they if you did? Yes. I am not sure where my birth brother is at this moment. Um, he had a different perspective of God. He left the home to go to college and basically didn't come back. Uh, left me, which I understand now. At the time, I didn't. And he has a punishing view of God because my birth mother would always hold up a black Bible and use that as her authority to do the things she did to us. And so he, he got a different view. And after uh, quite a few years... He just never communicated with me, so I'm not really sure where he is, but I left, I left the home at 19, and I know people might say, well, why'd you stay there so long? Well, when you're 18, you may be a legal adult, but mentally and emotionally, you can still be controlled by the things that have happened to you, and so I didn't have the means to go anywhere, so it took me until I was 19, and then I left, and tried to have a relationship as an adult with my perpetrators, basically, my birth parents, but it never really worked out. So at that point, I just had to give it up to the Lord. I forgave them, which was a process. Actually, he forgave them through me. I wouldn't have done it on my own, to be honest. Yeah. But he did. And it freed me up to go and be who he wanted me to be, and I threw myself into education and into careers. And that's how I got my affirmation in the world. And then... How did you learn to be a loving mother yourself? So you leave at 19, try to have a relationship with them, and that's a hard thing for some people to uh, understand. You know, honoring your mother and father doesn't necess does, does not say honor your mother and father and let them continue to abuse you. Mm -hmm. Honoring them can be forgiving them and moving on with your life. You don't have to have a relationship with people uh, that hurt you. Exactly. Uh, and a lot of people are, exactly. well, is your mom, is your dad? No, 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 no. Honor them and forgive them, and, and you can, you're allowed to move on. And uh, I, I'm just curious how you then were able to learn and show love to your own children and to these girls that you help, these teenagers you help. I believe that I was a work in progress on that. And as the Lord began to heal the layers in my early 30s, I made a poor choice in marriage uh, when I was 28, married somebody that looked safe and sound on the outside, but on the inside was not. And after a divorce and having contact with God and myself, I learned who he was experientially, not just in my head, like a blind childlike trust, but as a provider, comforter, friend. And in that, I finally felt his love. I finally felt what real love was. And when I felt that, it changed my perspective. I didn't have to be the best, the fastest, you know, whatever it was I was pursuing. I was so driven, and suddenly... 
I felt something I had never known in my heart. And I went and I saw all of the brokenness in this world. And I thought, I have got to do something besides write a check or, you know, donate time, because I didn't have a lot. And so I think through that, I started helping kids uh, that were, who had parents in halfway houses. I started helping teenagers because somebody said, hey, can you pray with this kid, or could you take them out and, you know, have some pizza? And it was a gradual progression. And I think by the time I married my husband 17 years ago, he also had that vision and a dream. And together the Lord partnered us up so that we could do something. But it took a traumatic brain injury in 2008 for us to get it going because I suddenly could not work. I didn't have any memory for a year. And in my heart, though, I wanted to do something. And so the Lord just used that time to say, step out and save Andy, step out, and I will take care of the rest. And that's really to help you this place got started. Wow. All right. Um, Donna's jumping in here. Uh, she's an author and speaker, uh, and she <laughs> would like to ask you a question. Again, um, the sure. book right now that uh, Andy's just written, uh, if you're just joining us, uh, uh, Andy Berger is talking about uh, surviving her, basically, they didn't call it then uh, sex trafficking then, but uh, what it was uh, she experienced as a child. And uh, they have a nonprofit where they help uh, at-risk teens, Beulah's Place. And the book that she's just written is called A Fragile Thread of Hope that she's shopping right now to um, have published. And uh, Donna, jump in. Yeah, Andy, I've got a question for you. So I run a uh, sure. growing network of women called the Jericho Girls, and we meet to break down walls. And some of the things when we get into intimate conversations we get into this childhood stuff and we find out you know that many of us have been abused in one way or another and last year at our conference overwhelmed uh, there was a typical woman just like the rest of us that was sitting in the crowds that I later found out that she was held in a cage and uh, trafficked and so I'm just wondering in your opinion for those of us, you know, who are trying to reach out to women, who are trying to help in these situations, is there something particular we can look for? Any signs that we might see that, you know, could help us to reach out and help somebody in that situation? That is a, a great question because that happens. Even when I, I speak around the country, sometimes I'll have someone. I literally had a lady who was 75 years old. She had never told anyone she had been violated in the church at the age of five, and yet she had great grandkids, you know, and she didn't know what to do. We don't look like abused people most of the time. You can't just pick somebody out, but when, when there is someone like that, I really rely on the wisdom of, of Christ in my heart to know what to do. The first thing is always love them, hug them if they're willing to let you, uh, but just let them know that you're there to listen and to be compassionate, and then have some resources, whether uh, you have counselors available or you're available to talk to someone and let them vent a little bit, or you can point them in the direction of a phone number or someplace at church or another organization that could really help them. But what I find most important is to create a platform of trust first and foremost, yes. because I wouldn't have let anyone near me. I would have been surface with them, but I wouldn't have let anybody into my intimate side unless I could really trust them, and the Lord really had to heal that in me to do that. You know, I if think, that makes sense. I yes. think that uh, I so admire your ability to forgive, and when you said 
um, you know, the, the Lord gave you that forgiveness. He forgave them through you or for you, but you couldn't have done it on your own. And I just have seen so many instances where people aren't able to find that forgiveness, and it, it's, it ruins your life. And you're able to be such um, an effective um, uh, ambassador for Christ if you're healed. And in the case of these young people that have been violated and abused and hurt and haven't felt the love, when they come to Beulah's place, uh, because you uh, were able to experience that forgiveness, your heart is able to love them the way they may have never experienced love. And I, I find that so beautiful. Um, you know, I never cease to be amazed at the life stories and the testimonies of uh, Christ changing, healing, helping, hoping. And you're the type of person that these kids will believe in and trust because you've been in their shoes. Again, uh, the uh, organization Beulah's Place. It's in Oregon. We have a beautiful affiliate in Portland. We love Oregon. The book, A Fragile Thread of Hope, that'll hopefully be out soon. You want to send us to a website? Yes, it's www.beulahsplace.org. B-E-U-L-A-H-S place yeah Beulah'sPlace.org. thank you god bless you andy i want to have you back and we'll talk about some of your success stories coming out of Beulah's place okay that would be awesome andy thank you so much thank god bless you. you ladies we'll be right back thanks ladies All right, Angie Austin here along with Adam. Adam is an ambassador with ARC, and when you shop at ARC, it helps the ambassadors. They help people in our community. Every dollar you spend helps, and everything you donate helps. ARC is a tremendous benefit to people with intellectual and developmental disabilities. Now, there's a Saturday sale. Most items half off. If I'm a senior, 55 and over, on Tuesdays, most items are half off. How do we find out about that? ARCthrift.org. How about if I want to donate? Where do I donate? 303-238-J. You call them and they'll pick up whatever you need. Furniture, small, big. Medium. Uh, yep, absolutely. Uh, a small, big, medium. Yes, they'll bring ma'am. the truck right on over. What's yes, the number? 303-238-Jane. Yeah, they bring a truck right to your house. 303-238-Jane. Yes, 303-238-Jane. ArcThrift.org. Does cool. Arc make you feel special? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I thought so. You are special. ArcThrift.org. As are you, babe. As are you. Thank you. Do you love working for Arc? I love Arc. Well, we do have a little bit of summer left, and we've got uh, Arlene Palakane joining us. Uh, she's written many books, including 31 Days uh, to Becoming a Happy Wife. And she's here with a question to help us this summer. What's that, Arlene? Well, you know, you may, since you're together more often, uh, whether you're with your kids at home or you're seeing your spouse a little more because they're taking some days off or whatever the case may be, and you may be getting on each other's nerves. I know a lot of parents who have said like, oh my goodness, I don't know, like I'm getting really, they're my preschoolers and all my stuff, my teenager, I don't know how to occupy them, like help. And there is one question that a friend told me about that I put in my book, 31 Days to Becoming a Happy Wife, and it's this. Will this matter tomorrow? And just asking yourself when you're, the siblings are fighting and you're just like, okay, could you please stop touching each other, that you ask yourself this question, will this matter tomorrow? And it's the idea that the important things, they need to be dealt with. You know, if you find out, oh, my, my daughter's been lying, okay, yes, that will matter tomorrow and you need to deal with it. But, okay, because my daughter, you know, left her shirt there because she did this, do I really need to have a huge, you know, fight about this? 
and to realize, no, that's okay. This is not going to matter tomorrow. And it's not about closing your eyes about everything that's wrong. You can tell your daughter, please pick that up and put it in your hamper. If you don't stop fighting, we will stop playing this game. You know, you can do things like that, but it's the idea that you get so emotionally invested and so huffy and puffy and so angry and so full of anxiety and just ask yourself, will this matter tomorrow? And a lot of times it's like, not really. I guess it's really not that big of a deal. And I agree. Uh, definitely choose your battles, think things through. But I also think if you uh, deliver like an ultimatum or if you do A, B will happen, you have yeah. to follow through. Just because it may not matter yeah. tomorrow doesn't mean that parenting won't matter tomorrow. That's so right. I think you still have to be a parent and do the work involved in parenting. And it's hard work. And I see a lot of parents blow things off because they get lazy or they want to be their kid's best friend. So I agree. Do the parenting, but then yeah. also realize that, you know, tomorrow this isn't going to like have long-term ramifications in life because the bickering definitely gets to you. I've actually thought about putting off a vacation just because the three of them bickering in the back seat sounds like a yeah. nightmare to me. Yeah. And, you know, and just this past weekend, my husband and our family, we went on this little bike trip and he was like, oh, it's going to be, it's single track, but it's really easy. You know, so it's like this little path, but it's not very difficult around a lake. It is, you know, piece of cake. That's how he framed the time. So it was like, okay, well, we go and it's rocky and it goes back and forth and dips and up and down. And I mean, our seven-year-old within 10 minutes had a pretty good wipeout. And so the girls and I are looking at him like, you said this was going to be easy. You know, we're looking at him like that. And my son is like, this is awesome. You know, so here we are. And, you know, earlier in my marriage, we've been married 18 years. I would have freaked out. I would have said, you said this was going to be easy. And this is not easy. I would have completely lost it. I know I would have. But here we are 18 years in. And I think to myself, okay, will this really matter tomorrow? We should just have a good time. (laughs) Like we should just get on our bikes, do the best that we can and have a good time. Plus you're setting an example to the girls because if I huff and puff, then the girls would get worse. But if I just zip my lip, get back on my bike, do what I can, stop when I need to, get off, walk the parts I can't do, then guess what? The girls do that too. And by the end of the whole thing, you know, all of us were like, okay, we had a good time, you know? But well, It is but so funny because they, they really yeah. are watching you. They're paying attention they to what you're saying. They're seeing how you'll react to what your husband said because, yes. uh, you know, we're moving and um, yeah. I, I told my husband's baseball coach, she said, uh, oh, will he be able to play on this particular day? I said, no, because we've got to load part of the trailer that night. And he said, yes, right? He goes, no, I've got, yeah. I've got to play. So it really made things more difficult on me because I've been loading a lot of stuff with my right. eight-year-old, um, pardon me, my 80-pound uh, son who's 12. <laughs> And so um, it's been a lot of work. And so I was kind of annoyed. And my husband, my my son heard me saying, oh, my gosh, I'm doing this again without my without Mark. And uh, he said, are are you getting a divorce? I said, what? What? I said, what are you talking about? He goes, well, you've been annoyed with him a lot lately. I said, we're moving. I'm annoyed with everybody a lot lately. I'm I'm not getting rid of any of you. (laughs) (laughs) But they really pay attention how you treat each other and what you say about each other. So you have to be careful. Yes. Yeah. So just have that filter of, is this going to matter tomorrow? And if it does, man, get in there and and let's get this thing fixed. But if it doesn't, say, okay, you know what? Just kind of like water off the duck's back. It's going to be okay. Yeah. And uh, choose your battles wisely. All right, Arlene, how do we find you? It is ArlenePelican.com and happy moving to you, my dear. Thank you, friend. Thank you. 
Thanks for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.